Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The how did that end up in there and how did that come off edition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, story of my couch. Um, <laughs> story of my couch? Story of my couch. There's so much stuff in there and I feel like I never look. I'm positive mm. it's full of like coins, yeah. whatever those are. <laughs> and like fancy popcorn and like... Mm. Um, iPads, right, dreams. Uh, dreams. It's <laughs> tears. just chalk tears. It's just chalk full of shit. Nothing ever falls off the couch, though. It's not that old yet, though. Mm, that's true. It's it's pretty new. She's pretty new. She's pretty new. She's great. <laughs> well, full well, of dreams. <laughs> welcome to Couch Talk. Yep. <laughs> Your favorite podcast. <laughs> Today is in between 106, 8,000 year old artifacts inside alligator. Where else did you right. put, put them? The, uh, the couch of the swamp. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yes. yes. Sounds right. You know what? Put a pin in that. It's kind of true. You, you'll what? see. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, thought this, I thought this was a bit. Uh, okay. And oldest successful amputation so far. Okay. So mm. um, I'm so sorry to say this because I, oh, I usually come in cold. But I did yes. do this thing where I was walking past Jill's computer and on the screen were her notes and all I could see right. was amputation. And I just have to <laughs> say, you can't not look at something that says amputation, yeah. which is why it's Jill's fault <laughs> for leaving her computer in a communal space and using the word amputation, which she knew would get my attention. Mm. Yeah, only only two of us live here. <laughs> it's a communal space. There's also the ghosts. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, uh, it's my fault, and I'm Jill Chacha, yes. and I am with the innocent Marissa Riley. That's me. I'm so innocent. <laughs> and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Uh, Doctor Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about as far as the first thing, the alligator <laughs> she mentioned. Uh, I did know the title of the second half. Yes. Um, I'm so sorry, listeners. I failed you, but I don't know anything else about it if it makes you feel oh, it's better. Wild. We're it's... going in that aspect of it together cold. I can't believe I didn't read the alligator part. <laughs> and you're from the South. So. And I am from the South. I think that just like, like, I, uh, I didn't even, I was like, ah, another alligator. Been there, done that. <laughs> so, NBD. Uh, my friends, today uh, we are on yet again another archaeological kick. Cool. Uh, we have not one but two recent discoveries. Uh, in the first half of the show, a couple of modern hunters. Hunters? Yes. A couple hunters. of. <laughs> <laughs> I could read my own notes. A couple of modern hunt. <laughs> you got this. I got this. You got this. I Barely, barely started. Okay. A couple of modern hunters find evidence of ancient indigenous hunters inside the stomach of a gator. Wait, uh, this is like the turducken of like yeah. subjects. So to hunters from today yes. find hunters from yesterday. Evidence in, of them. Uh, evidence of hunters from yesterday in a gator. That's right. Cool. I won. It's a <laughs> the turducken of history. Wonderful. <laughs> and... Uh, it's a story that's 8,000 years in the making, cool. and we have a member of the flock to thanks, to thank, <laughs> with me, to thank for bringing it to our attention, uh, Kylie O 
Fuck yeah, Kylie O. Kylie O on the IG. Thank you so much yes. for DMing us an article. Yes. Uh, it was a while ago, and I knew right away it had to be paired with the discovery that's in the second half of the show. And I'm so pumped. Yeah. I love <laughs> our flock. Oh. Y'all are as just fucked up as we are, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> Please send us everything. I'm not Please. even joking. Please send us everything. Anything. We're already obsessed yes and we will talk about it we will talk about it we will we will traduck in the fuck out of whatever you bring us fuck yes <laughs> thank you kylio you're awesome thank you kylio uh evidence of the oldest successful amputation so far is going to be after the break and dr marissa the only doctor in the room right now that's me <laughs> <laughs> off the top of your head how long ago do you think the first successful amputation was performed aka someone who lived after the surgery took place. I'm thinking it's the late 1800s. Okay. So like like 130, 120 years ago. Okay. Yeah, that's my guess. It's a good guess. It's a good guess. Uh, put a pin in that number because a recent archaeological find is rewriting the timeline of when humans were capable of operating. And I mean without casualties and could actually save lives. Yeah. It's... it's it's a wild story. I'm so excited to get to it. Yeah. Medicine from back in the day. Yeah. It's basically just like if you were sick, instead of helping you, they would just give you another kind of sick. Right. Just to take your mind off it. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> oh, you have a cold? Here are some leeches. So you have some open wounds <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to go on top of the cold. Yeah. Just focus on the open wounds and you'll, you'll feel right as rain about the cold. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Or you have the flu. Let's take a leg off. You know, you weren't really walking anyway. You lazy fuck. Yeah. Now, uh, before we get into that amazing shit, uh, we need to begin with the first half of our show. Oh, yes. We need need to head on over to the equally amazingly named Yazoo City. Lol. Mm. What? It's incredible. Where is it? Yes. (laughs) My friends, Yazoo City is in the land we now call Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, and you probably have a few questions about the place. Yes. Well, have no fear. I have a few quick answers. Uh, please, everyone imagine Texas. Yes, Texas. That's right. Now, to the right is Louisiana. Yes. And to the right of that is Mississippi. I love it. Now, just left of center is Yazoo County, home of Yazoo City. Yazoo City. So fun to say. Amazing. And like many, 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 many cities in this country, boy howdy, its past is, air quotes, rich with history. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very long fucking story short, the city got its name from the Yazoo River. Oh. Which, that was named by a white guy slash French explorer named Robert LaSalle in 1682. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, he looked at it. I'm sorry, that was so offensive (laughs) to French people. I... Y'all are great. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut up. It's, a, it's impossible not to do it. Uh-huh. I know. I'm working on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I will be better. So in 1682, he called the river Rivier de Yazoo. Ooh. Mm, in reference to the Yazoo tribe living near the river's mouth. Oh. Now, you might be thinking, oh, shit, that's pretty forward thinking to name the city after its indigenous, but eh, hold on, not quite, not quite. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> according to our friend, the wiki, quote, the city was founded in 1824 with the name Hannon's Bluff. Okay. It was later renamed Manchester. Oh. And then changed to Yazoo City 
1841. So a few name changes. Before. What a complicated time. It's a good <laughs> thing like people didn't live as long. So like what if you had lived in all three cities? Like that would be really annoying. Yes. I'd be like, what are, where do I live again? This is so fucking, but then you would like die at like 30 from. Right. Exactly. Drinking water or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that takes care of that. Easy. That's, so that's takes care of that yeah. so uh she's an itty bitty city of about 10 square miles with a little over 10,000 people and one of those folks is shane smith oh shane shane smith is the owner of red antler processing rated 4.8 on google so nice shane you're killing it well done shane uh red antler processing is a local meat processing shop uh where oh. basically you bring the deer the boar or whatever you've hunted to Shane here, and he processes it, processes it, and all all you're left with is the meat. So, you can- oh, I love that. As yeah. someone from Texas, I love that because you would go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, you would like yeah. go and go hunting, and you'd shoot a deer, and then you'd want to have like venison meatballs mm-hmm. that night. But I don't really know what my dad would do. Yeah between the shooting the deer part Mm -hmm. and the us eating it part. (laughs) I think he went out and got frozen meatballs and lied. (laughs) There you go. They were really good. (laughs) That's a great, that's a great, that's a great story. Wouldn't that be awesome? You're welcome, everyone. I know you wanted to know. (laughs) Uh, Amazing. So yeah, so Shane is like a butcher of sorts. Nice. And now being in the South, there's a lot more than deer around. A lot more. Uh, Dr. Marissa, I'd like to show you a photo of John Hamilton and his hunting party. Uh, A modern John Hamilton. I was going (laughs) to ask. I was like, is that? Why is that so familiar? Oh, it's on a dollar. Five five dollar? I think so. Five dollar. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) So they brought this animal into Shane's business back in September of 2021. And Dr. Marissa, if you would, please describe this beautiful massive creature you see in this photo and of course all photos we talk about today will be on our social media stuffs so please come on by and take a look at this massive massive creature oh it's a big ass gator yeah it's a big ass gator it's um more than four white guys long um (laughs) i know that because it is lying on the ground and there are four uh guys in a row behind it kneeling uh doing their best sort of like tiktok uh instagram pose behind it mm-hmm. um they're very proud um I, yeah and uh it is it's a it's really big it's I, I don't know what else it has a tail uh <laughs> <laughs> it's gator colored it's gray yeah she's um, a big one she's big she's a big one my friends this is a 13 and a half foot long 750 pound alligator and hold oh on God. to your butts. Yeah, that's seven hundred. That's a lot pounds. of alligator. Wow, Just massive. And uh, yeah, it was estimated to have been somewhere between eighty and a hundred years old. Oh my God! Yeah. And it died at the hands of someone named John Hamilton in the South. So you can't make this up. That's so. what a. <laughs> What a, I digress. I can't wait for the musical. Yes. Let's do it, Hamilton too. <laughs> gator, Gator hunters. <laughs> No one wants that. Okay. No, no one wants that. <laughs> so now when Shane was tinkering, tinkering around in the stomach area, as you can imagine, there was a number of items inside like bones, hair, feathers, stones, all the stuff you'd expect. Right. Except two 
of the contents really stood out and left Shane curious. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Dr. Marissa, according to Marco Margaritoff of allthatsinteresting.com, what the fuck happened next? Oh oh my God, okay. Do you like how I cut you off before you (laughs) can finish? I'm just so, I don't know what it's gonna be. Okay, quote, Smith carefully collected these objects and photographed them for a Facebook post which caught the attention of James Starnes uh, as director of surface geology and surface mapping for Mississippi's Department of Environmental Quality. It's a a long title. God. (laughs) Continuing the quote, he quickly identified the items as hunting tools that could date back as far as 6,000 BC, end quote. Some old stuff. I thought it was going to be like a toaster. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my friends, thanks to James's sharp eye and his previous research on Native American artifacts found in the Mississippi Delta, he was like, oh shit, these two objects are like 8,000 years old. Wow, that's amazing. I know. So let's start with the one that looked like a broken arrowhead. Okay. But it wasn't an arrowhead. Okay. It was just way too fucking old. Uh, Nay, this was the point belonging to a weapon much fucking older than a bow and arrow. We're talking about an atlatl. Oh my God, the atlatl. That's right. I love the atlatl. I can't really remember what it is, but (laughs) I love it. I know there's that old man who makes them. Ah, Uh, yes. Refer to our episode. You'll probably mention it. That's exactly right. Yeah, if this sounds familiar, we talked about atlatls way back in episode 091. Some new discovered some newly discovered ancient weapons fun that was the name of the title an awesome episode i highly (laughs) recommend it so fun the guy who makes them is just like a joy he's a gem he's a goddamn gem gem. uh here's a quick recap of that episode if you haven't had a listen uh basically in the 1970s 7,000 artifacts were uncovered in party an area (laughs) seriously party (laughs) amazing it's an area on oregon's west coast pretty far from the Mississippi, I would say. Uh, And the number of items was so overwhelming, it wasn't until around 2019 that 90 of those artifacts had their chance to be analyzed. So Dr. Marissa... I mean, not cool. It took a long time. I was just like, wow, that's a lot of stuff to be analyzed. So much shit. so cool. 7,000 goddamn things. So Dr. Marissa, please remind us of what was found, what were those 90 items, and how were they used? I would love to talk about this again. Um, From Live Science... Dot com quote the artifacts were from an ancient weapon called an atlatl my favorite pretending oh predating the bow and arrow the atlatl was a dart throwing weapon that could launch projectiles with great force ah oh, now i remember okay yeah. uh, made from whale bones it had a grip on one end and a hook for a dart on the other Uh, The weapon was key to these groups' survival, and people who knew how to use them had significant advantages, end quote. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend looking up a picture of one of these things, because they're so cool. Like, you're going to wish you, you're kind of going to wish you had one. Ah. Like, you can launch them Mm -hmm. in your apartment for no reason, but, or (laughs) at your enemies and haters. I don't know. I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to touch upon that again. Oh, amazing. Uh, Yeah, everyone, imagine a long aerodynamic stick with a hook at one end where a very long dart could be attached. Uh, And when you hold on to the stick part and make a throwing motion, that dart is released and it flies through the air, hitting a target like a deer or your enemy. 
from hundreds of feet away, just silently, and it just lands with a thud. Do you remember that video? Yes, it is incredible. Yeah, so if you want to see one in action, and if you want to buy one, because of course you do. Oh, yeah. Head on over to thunderbirdatlattle.com slash atlattles. Uh, this is not a commercial. This is this is just. What I we... don't know. It's kind of turning into like pro bono commercial. Is that a thing? We're doing a commercial so. for free because yeah. we like them. Go <laughs> buy one right now. We are. Um, Dr. Marissa touched upon this. Uh, there, you could watch a very soft-spoken man named Bob Berg demonstrate his catatonk at Laddle. Yes. And uh, he makes them. He sells them. It's a fucking impressive fucking weapon. Um, it's really cool. Yeah. You're gonna really love it and wish you like. I think they would be a lot funner to have them like, like, I, there's this whole thing about like women and pepper spray and being nervous all the time. But like, it would be <laughs> true story. <laughs> I, it's a true story. I would much rather be like walking home. I always feel safe in New York, but be walking home with an atlatl. Oh because my God, it's badass. if you pull one of those out of your bag, it doesn't matter like who's coming towards you. They're going to like turn their head and be like, what is that? Can we talk about it? And you're going to be like, no. And you're right between the eyes. And then, um, and then you're safe. Yeah. And then you're safe. You have killed a person, but and then you go home. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. So, <laughs> uh, I'll have a photo of Ben on our social media stuffs too. So you could take a look at Nanette Laddle there as well. Uh, and honestly, I don't want to give away the big discovery in episode 091. Uh, let's just say some of those atlatl parts were extra tiny for tiny hands to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ch- <coughs> children assassins. Yes. <coughs> so the point here, my friends, no pun intended, is that <laughs> a part of this hunting weapon used 8,000 years ago was found in the belly of a gator last year in Mississippi. Crazy. A testament to how important and widespread the atlatl was because, I mean, we're talking everywhere from the Pacific Northwest to the uh, Deep South. Dude, that is, like, really far. Very, very far, very different places. I just made, like, a diagonal motion <laughs> across an invisible, like, United States. It's a, it's a, everyone had them, you guys. They were so cool. <laughs> That's right. So uh, now, Dr. Marissa, I have a photo of the broken atlatl point uh, alongside the second object we're going to talk about. Uh, and if you would, please describe that second object. I'll point it out for you. Okay. Hold on here. Okay. So this okay. thing on top is the broken point, And this is that second object. Oh, my God. Am yeah. I supposed to guess? Is it? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is it a, a weapon? We don't know. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get into that. It reminds me of, do you know what an ocarina is? No. Okay, so <laughs> Legend of Zelda fans out ah. there. I see you. You see me. Um, <laughs> there's something called an ocarina. It's like a type of flute. It's kind of like a uh, sort of almond shape, mm-hmm. but it's about the size. If you put your two fists together, it's okay. about that size and shape. And then you can play it. Um that's not what this is, I'm guessing. I just made this you know all what? about Zelda. It could um, be, because we don't know what it is yet, so who knows? So this this thing is like kind of an oval-shaped black rock-looking material, and it's got two holes in the top. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, but above it, you can see half of... Uh, the the not sharp part of a like an arrowhead looking thing. In this case, it's for an atlatl. There you so, go. And it's brown. So there you go. There you go, my friends. This photo will also be on our social media stuff, so please have a gander. Uh, yeah, this second object is a beautiful tear-shaped 
object, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. It's a black metallic object with two holes on one far end. And it's what researchers are now calling a plumet. Ooh. And good news, we have no idea what it's for exactly. Yeah. So, some believe it was used to weigh down fishing lines. But unfortunately, the holes don't go all the way through. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if I like figured out what it was? Maybe it's for real. I don't think it's an ocarina. But <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if I was like, this is a toaster? And I was right. <laughs> and, and someone yeah. listened to this and they were like, oh my God, she's right. And it's then they stole toaster. my idea. Don't even think about it. <laughs> We'll unpack that okay. later. Uh, okay, so we have a mystery on our hands, but we do know some damn amazing things about it. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell everyone what the fuck I'm talking about here. I would absolutely love to. Okay, from allthatsinteresting.com, quote, Starnes was able to date that item to the late archaic period at about 1700 BC. Jesus. Wow. Um, Surprisingly, it also isn't made of material native to Mississippi. What? Starnes explained that it is a hematite. I got it right the first time. It's hematite (laughs) material, an iron oxide alloy traded between early indigenous groups uh, and might have come from as far as the Great Lakes. I don't know why my voice got really low for that. <laughs> uh, he described the rock as exotic and believes uh, that using such an ornate type of material for something as rudimentary as fishing appeared unlikely, end quote. There you go. Maybe it's some fucking jewelry. There you go. Maybe it went in your ear. I was thought you were going to say something totally different. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, maybe it went in your ear or yes. another place <laughs> in the rear. In the yeah, yeah. But think about it, everyone. Know? Go take a look. See if that looks yeah <laughs> good to you. <laughs> so, is it decorative? Is it functional? Is it both? We don't know yet, but in time, we may. Yeah. Um, this beautiful hungry alligator revealed to us there's history literally everywhere, all around us, and sometimes inside living things too. Of course. It's done. It's just, I know it's a weird way to end this segment, but honestly, that's what this show is about. Yeah. <laughs> Look inside yourself and others for <laughs> artifacts. That's right. Don't forget it. Yep. From your couch to your friends, you'll discover anything. Just reach in. <laughs> that's it. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. No, that was, Don't do no that. No regrets. Unless you have consent and it's fun. <laughs> no regrets. After the break. Yes. An archaeological shakeup. I mean it. We're heading to Indonesia where an ancient body found there is rewriting medical history. I love it's it. It's fucking wild. I love it when that happens. <laughs> Stay tuned. Please do. I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off. An eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. 
Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. And my friends, I hope you packed your sunscreen and some DEET. Sure. Um, <laughs> we're heading on over to one of the most important places on Earth in terms of human history. Miami! <laughs> Miami. <laughs> I don't know why. You sure. said sunscreen, and I was like, Florida. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, okay, the second most <laughs> <laughs> the second most important place on earth. Uh, we're standing within the Liang Tibo limestone caves in East Kalimantan, an Indonesian province on the island of Borneo. That now, place. <laughs> what the hell did I just say? Where in the world is all of this? Don't worry, I've got you. Everyone, imagine Australia. You got it. All right, now point to it. Okay. Now move your finger north a few inches. Okay. Now west. And congratulations, you've made it to the Republic of Indonesia. Yay. That's right. Made up of a wee 17,000 islands or so. Uh, one of the largest is Borneo, and we find ourselves in the eastern section of the island, home to those limestone caves. Gorgeous. Now, they've made the news many times before, because you see, my friends, inside the caves, on the walls specifically, is some of the world's oldest cave art. Oh, I love it. Depicting both animals and humans. So, ah. Dr. Marissa, please tell us how far back do these paintings go? Oh my God, I would love to talk about it. All right. Uh, <laughs> quote, after you were... Uh, after Urani, you got it. I got this. <laughs> Deep breath. Okay. After uranium dating several, uh, nah, <laughs> I got this. Okay. Here we go. After uranium dating several calcium carbonate samples taken from the paintings, uh, researchers concluded that rock art developed in Borneo about fifty-two thousand to forty thousand years ago end there quote go. there you go fifty two thousand to forty thousand years ago that is a billion years ago <laughs> right. that is a long time ago yeah 
and it's old as fuck. And good news, everyone. These caves have just revealed even more. Ooh. Hold on to your butts and your feet, oh. and uh, you'll see why in a minute. Okay. Uh, back in the clusterfuck of 2020, mm. a team of Indonesian and Australian archaeologists got the right idea and went back into these caves. Uh, instead of looking up, they dug in the dirt oh. to see what could be found. Nice. And holy shit, here we go. Dr. Marissa, as published in the September issue of the journal Nature, and as reported on by Ed Cara of Gizmodo.com, what the fuck did they find? Oh my god, I would love to talk about it. All right, quote, scientists say they found a skeleton in Borneo (laughs) dating to 31,000 goddamn years ago of a young man who seemingly had left his foot. Oh. Oh my god. Let's... <laughs> Let's try that again. Okay. That was amazing. Okay. It wouldn't be great if he left his foot somewhere. No, that seems really hard to do. Okay. Um, all right. Of a young man who seemingly had his left foot amputated for health reasons. Remarkably, the man recovered and likely survived for years afterwards, suggesting his community possessed impressive medical knowledge, end quote. Um, I I promise I can read, first of all. And second of all, if his amputation was successful, then he technically could have left his foot somewhere. That is true. He could have carried it around for a second and been like, I don't really know what to do. What the fuck am I going to do with this? Do I bury it? Mm. Do I, like, mourn it? Yeah. Do I... Um, I can't think of anything else yeah. to do with a foot. I've never been in that position. But <laughs> leave good it on for, a bus. This yeah. is incredible. Thirty-one thousand years ago, fucking, uh, it's just how? so impressive. Yeah. How did y'all do that? <laughs> yes. How bad did it hurt? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. My friends, a surgery removal of the lower third of the left leg, to be specific, thirty-one thousand years ago. That went well. Amazing. Now, you probably have a few questions, like Dr. Marissa here. How in the fuck is that possible? Who did it? How do we know this is even a surgery? All great questions. Well, uh, Dr. Tim Maloney, lead study author from the Center for Social and Cultural Research at Griffith University, and his team discovered a burial plot in these caves. Oh. In the plot was a body, respectfully placed, but missing this. All right, Dr. Marissa, I have a photo of that skeleton. Oh my God, I'm pumped. And with your keen eye, please tell us what you see and honestly what you don't see. Sure, sure. Here we go. Okay. Oh, oh my God, it's exactly what you think it is. It (laughs) is, I see the lower half of a skeleton. Uh, One leg looks like a skeleton leg, but the other leg stops a little before the ankle and there is nothing. There. there you go. But it looks like the, the I don't know, I guess where your shin would be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's really beautifully cut. Yeah. And it looks like it kind of healed <gasps> together. Yes. So, so like, um, I, I don't know anything about bones, even though I'm a doctor. <laughs> but the, those shin bones, I, is that what they are? Shin yeah. bones? You nailed it. It's, it's one big bone, and then right next to it is kind of like a skinny bone. Mm-hmm. But this is cool because it cut it off in the middle and those bones fused together at the bottom. Yeah. So whoever did this amputation is really good at it. Yes. Not their first, not their first rodeo. No. Not their first leg rodeo. I, 
I could be looking at this all wrong and I could be completely wrong about this, but it looks like it was done really well. Uh, nice stuff. You fucking took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, wow. Dr. Riley. Yes, my friends, half of the left shin bone made of the tibia and fibula is gone. So is the foot and all the little piggies. All of them. And upon closer inspection of what remained of the shin bones, researchers saw, quote, bony growths that showed the bones were healing. Yeah. Bearing strong clinical similarities to bones that have been surgically amputated, end quote, from iflscience.com. So oh, cool. You were, you were spot on. Thanks. <laughs> Tooth enamel of the body was dated, and boy howdy, it revealed this person lived 31,000 years ago. Oh my god. Suggesting this surgery took place around that time, which is eyebrow raising to say the least. Yeah. Um, my friends, yeah. the earliest known successful surgery prior to this was on an elderly male farmer from the Stone Age in what is now France, about 7,000 years ago. Okay. He had his left forearm amputated just above the elbow, and this record, this new discovery, just blows that out of the water. 100%. It also blows my estimations. Yes, right? Really out of the water. I really underestimated uh, humans humans and... We're not that great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just considering, like, today's medicine... Mm -hmm. I know. Some of it's great. We're, we're just some we're of it just is, getting good. Yeah, yeah. And we're just getting good. Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what we can rule out to suggest that, yes, this really was a surgery. Oh, my God. I would love to talk about it. All right. From our good friend Ed Kara of Gizmodo, quote, the scientist soon ruled out the possibility that the foot was lost in an accident or animal attack, since those events would probably have uh, have caused easily distinguishable crushed bones. Yikes. Um, oh my God, I just, <laughs> made just them. burped in amazement. I hope the mic <laughs> didn't awesome. pick that up. <laughs> I'm kidding? so embarrassed. That was gold. Delete, delete, delete. Okay, <laughs> continuing the quote. Uh, and they argue that the leg wasn't removed as a form of punishment either because the man's body was seemingly treated with respect after the procedure and in his burial. As far as they can tell, the amputation must have been done to save or otherwise improve the man's life, Mm -hmm. end quote. So this person had friends. This person was a person and treated like a person. Yeah. And um, was good buddies with an awesome doctor of the time or whatever healer, a person who's good with a knife. I don't know. Exactly. They yeah. even have knives? It looks like they did. Cool. <laughs> looks like they did. Cool. So it's true. In addition, uh, sorry, it's true. The additional bone growth suggests he lived. Uh, now it's my turn. It's contagious. We blah, blah, blah. got this. We, we got this. can talk and read. <laughs> the additional bone growth suggests he lived six to nine years after the surgery. Oh, my God. And, yeah, this has a shit- shitload of implications. And Tom Hale of IFL said it best. It shows that this hunter-gatherer society possessed detailed knowledge of limb structure, muscles, and blood vessels to prevent fatal blood loss and infection. It also implies that these prehistoric peoples used antiseptic and antimicrobial agents to control potential infections and did so with great success, end quote. I totally forgot about the whole infection aspect of it all. Like, half the time in, in movies when I see someone gets a cut, like, in the wild, I'm oh, like, yeah. well, they're dead. Yep. They're <laughs> yep. fully dead. Yep. But um, 
I, I forget that people are people and always have been and, and some are really smart. There you and go. And know what to do. Thinking ahead. Yeah. yeah. So for context here, my friends, Western society didn't develop real life. <laughs> shit. We for got context, this. <laughs> Western societies didn't develop reliable antiseptics until the 19th century. Oh my God. The 1800s, like you said. Like I said. Yeah. Yeah. So how did they do it? Well, you can say necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. Dr. India Ella Dilkes Hall from the University of Western Australia told IFL Science, one possibility is that the rapid rates of infection in hot and humid tropics prompted early foragers in this region to tap into the rainforest's natural pharmacy of medicinal plants, Ooh. leading to an early flourishing in the use of botanical resources for anesthetics, antiseptics, and other wound healing treatments. End quote. I love that. Yeah. The, it, uh, I have nothing to add because I just know nothing about like using plants for anything other yeah. than my, the, the salad I eat once a month. <laughs> but I hear it's in a lot of products and it's where a lot of, it, it's, it's, I'm going to stop talking. I hear it's good. It's good stuff. So yeah. So now that this is, well, you know, this is one discovery and it's a big one at that. So the next step is... You guessed it. We got to find more bodies. Fuck yeah. Dr. Marissa, wrap it up for us. What is in the researcher's future? Oh my God. Let's, let's dive deep once again. <laughs> okay. From Gizmodo, quote, the team next hopes uh, to investigate whether this group's skill at amputation was something unique to people in this part of Southeast Asia or an example of complex medical knowledge that was more widespread among humans of this time, end quote. Mm -hmm. I would love an update on this. Yes. And to know if, like, I don't know, people in other parts of the world were figuring this out, yeah. or if it was just <clears throat> just people here and because they, they had access out, yeah. to more cool plants. That's right. Rainforest were... shit. Exactly. <laughs> that sweet, sweet rainforest shit. Gotta love it. So there are many hot days... Digging for bodies, lying ahead for this team. Yeah. But I have a feeling Tim and the gang love their job, and I just cannot wait to see what they find. Oh, my God. They love their jobs. They fucking if love their jobs. If you're digging in a rainforest for bodies, yeah. you either love your job or you did something wrong. <laughs> you messed it's up. It's true. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> it's true. There's no in between. Yeah. And thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, Telling your friends about just these all these dead people. Yeah, there's a lot of dead people so in the world. So many dead people. We need to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and thank you for uh, listening to us struggle today. We were on the struggle bus, but we, we, were we on got the, it. We, we pulled through. Yes. I think you did great. I think you did great. Thank you. And you know what? The listeners did great, too. Ah, oh, y'all killed it. My God. Yeah. Please, stay interesting. Please do.